Hey, Tupac. Hey, what's up? Sorry about that. I was, I was uh, AirPods, and they died on me. Okay. So I'm going going old school with uh, cord headphones. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. It's better than just having to hold the phone up to your ear, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was just saying. Trans- oh, no. oh, my go bad. Ahead. No, you're I was, fine. I, I was going to ask if you wanted to transition from Mobamba to another prospect yeah. or if you want to keep going. Yeah, so I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. and your thoughts okay. on him. Because I've seen lately how he's been receiving a lot of uh, a lot of coverage lately, talking about how the Kings are interested in him, but then how he could Kings, also fall Bulls. to the Knicks at nine. So what, do you, what are your thoughts yeah. there on that high-risk, high-reward pick? I don't think he'll fall to nine. I um, There's a report from the Bleacher Report that's talking about how the Kings are looking to move up to three or four to go get uh, Porter Jr. So, yeah, there's a lot of interest uh, rising with him. And I, I like him a lot. Some, uh, I mean, he's an injury concern kind of guy. And you don't want uh, – that, that can scare people away. And it hurts athleticism, you know, the more you get injured. I think he just had a hip strain recently. So that's not really something you look for, especially this, you know – after missing a whole season with your back and stuff. But I, I'm high on Michael Porter Jr. I think that would be awesome if the Cavs were able to get him mm. or a team, you know, potentially like the Sixers. That's that's probably possible, you know. But I think the Sixers, just to add another young talent wing guy. But I think that um he was the number one prospect coming out of high school. So that's pretty impressive. A lot of people thought he would go number one this year, you know, way before the season started and the injury and everything went on. So that's that shows a lot of, you know, potential what he has and stuff. And I've – I like him a lot. I think you said he's 6'10", right? And yeah. he just seems to be a guy that, you know, if when healthy, he can really put on a show. So oh, yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to see where he goes. I, I think he's going to be an interesting type of guy. And I wanted to ask you a question on whether you think it's more risky to take Michael Porter Jr. just because of his injury or Trey Young just because of his size and, you know, his kind of play, I guess. So, yeah. What do you think is a more risky pick? Especially if, you know, uh, if uh, Trey Young goes eight to the Cavs or Porter goes like two or three to the Bulls or uh, Kings. Like, what's right. a more risky pick in your mind? I, so, I can't really say. I would say <clears throat> Porter, in mm-hmm. my books, would be a more risky pick just because of the injuries. But that being said, I would be happier to see the Cavs get Porter than seeing the Cavs get Trey Young. Those are the two guys that it's like an exciting pick for the Cavs to have fall to them at eight, uh, just because mm-hmm. of you know the the high profile that comes with both of them. But I yeah. I think that Michael Porter Jr. has a much higher ceiling. I think that, and I think that if he stays healthy, then he's the much more consistent player. So, that being said, I risk reward. I'd rather have Michael Porter Jr. for sure. Okay. Okay, I was just curious on that. I think I would go. Um, oh, I mean, this, this is hard for me. I really find them close to being equal because I know that he's been hurt a lot, and that's just a risk that's you know. You miss on a pick like this, it's going to set you back even further than you are, especially if, like, LeBron leaves or right. um, whoever else takes him. Like, Orlando might take Trey Young. You know, they have, they've been in the dumps for a while, especially since they moved, like, uh, 
Victor Oladipo since when they took him at two. So it's just a cycle, especially if you miss this early. But I <sighs> Trey Young was impressive this year. He led the league. I think he led the uh, NCAA in scoring and assists, which is really impressive. I think it's the first time that was done. Yeah. But um, mm. <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna go Trey Young. You know, we we sort of talked about it earlier with, you know, putting people in the seats and stuff. And, like, Trey Young's range is there. He, he can't shoot from way out. He, he can be a defensive liability. He's not as quick as uh, Steph Curry coming out. And, you know, there's other that are there with him, especially on the defensive end. But, he's you know, you don't leave the league in assists. I mean, the, yeah, NCAA in assists and scoring without having something, you know, a little bit special there. I think the assist part is something to look for. Uh with the right coaching, he's going to, you know, he's going to need to develop his game, especially defensively, and then also become more efficient as an offensive scorer. But I think the range is something that was pretty special, and that takes a little time to gain, and he has that. You know, he's shooting way deep shots, so that sort of hurts the efficiency. Once you get coached up a little bit and you have other NBA stars around you, you're not going to need to do and stress as much as, as that, so maybe you can cut back a little bit and, you know, hone in your game on certain, you know, more aspects rather than try to do it all, at least early on. Porter Jr. is a is a very talented prospect. Though I'm I'm excited to see where he turns out. I think it's it is the highest risk award. He could end up being the best player in this draft because he was projected that you know less than like half a year ago before he got hurt. So that is or uh, a little over half a year ago before he got hurt. So that's something to look for. But I, I would probably go Trey Young just because of the range and the scoring that he has and the excitement he's going to bring because he just it was like Trey Young mania all year. And we talked about selling tickets, especially with the earlier picks, you know, why they might not take Luka Doncic. Well, you know, at like six, seven, or eight, that's a guy whose people are going to want to see, and he can put up 30 for you a night, potentially. Yeah, I agree. And the thing about <clears throat> Trey Young is uh, people say that, you know, he's slower than Steph Curry coming out, but people also forget Steph Curry played four years at Davidson, and mm-hmm. he came out three years more developed than Trey Young. Yeah. So, you got to consider that, and you also uh, have to consider the people that are around Trey Young. I feel like part of the reason Trey Young dipped off at the end of the season is because of the players around him. Uh, Oklahoma, you know, they have a good they have a good basketball coach, uh, they have a good basketball program, but I feel like uh, he just did not have the players around him to really support him like he will at the NBA level. And I feel like that fed into him taking ill-advised shots and just making just ill-advised plays. So the fact that he was able to still put up the numbers that he did uh, with the surrounding cast and with the poor decisions that he was forced to make, Mm -hmm. um, I think that in itself is impressive. Yeah, so. the entire game plan is built around stopping Trey Young. I saw them double team multiple times, get the ball out of his hands and stuff. I watched a few games of it through, you know, especially as a young, a young, you know, athlete. Especially when you have to carry the team and you don't have anyone else to really help you. So that is something that uh, will be interesting. Uh, who and you said you would rather have the cast take Michael Porter Jr. I would just because he has the length and okay. he has, he, I think that if I think the concern with him is uh, his health. So mm-hmm. if healthy, I think that he, like you said, could very well be the best player to come out of this draft. Trey young, on the other hand, um, 
you know, he has those passes that I give him that I just talked about, but he's more concerning just because of size and consistency, like yeah. his play. So mm. that's why I would rather have Michael Porter Jr. Just because yeah. his his skill and his build, like like I was saying, <clears throat> he's just built for this NBA, being 6'10", and being able to score the way that he can with the length he has. I mean, watching the finals, seeing Kevin Durant take contested jumper after contested jumper and just knocking them down on face uh, just shows how important it is to be, to have that extra size and length in this NBA. You can call it contested, but I mean, when you're, yeah, you're right with that. Like when you're 6'11 and like, I think what, 6'6", Rodney Hood's guarding you, it's not really contested, but I, I know what you're saying. Rodney yeah. Hood's 6'8", too. Oh, is he 6'8"? Yeah. It just looks like he just looked right over him. Exactly. You know? It's just like he's right over him. Like, he's just jumping up, and it's like, okay, no one's even here. Which is – yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about right there. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's what that's what's <clears throat> so hard for the Cavs is I would want Michael Porter Jr. if LeBron's staying. But mm – -hmm. Well, LeBron has a relationship with Trey Young, doesn't he? A little bit. Like, he went to his camp, and I think he played on his – uh traveling team or something that he was uh, hosting. So Yeah, but you're also they hearing have that LeBron, LeBron's camp is uh, is impressed with Colin Sexton. They're saying that that's his guy too. And okay. it's actually – LeBron's camp is actually like they're, they're not talking with uh, Cleveland management about the draft, about the mm -hmm. future. He's not giving his input on that. They're, they're talking, <clears throat> but not about that. So LeBron's kind of leaving them blind going into this draft. And that's why Cleveland's in such a tough position where what do you do with this pick? Like, are you picking for a LeBron James or – and thinking about a player who can match up against Colin State or are you picking for the future or are you looking to trade that pick to get a player who can play now or stockpiling some other assets for the future? You know, it's just they're in a tough position, man. What would you do in this uh, situation? What would your mind be thinking about? Especially with, like, you know, everything we know. Okay, LeBron's not going to give you any really insight. You know who he likes? He likes Trey Young. He likes Colin Sexton. You know, they need another wing who can guard someone. They need another ball handler. What are your thoughts, you know, not knowing what LeBron's going to do next year? And as the Cavs, you know, if you lose out on this, you you might, you know, if LeBron leaves, you're going to be in trouble. So how do you manage that? What would What would your move be? Well, that's why it's tough, man, because LeBron's not going to stay because of who you pick at eight. But yeah. at the same time, you have to do everything possible to keep the best basketball player in the world right now on your team. So you're going to pick with him in mind. Mm -hmm. um, we're fortunate that this draft is so deep that regardless of – if he stays or if he leaves – we have a need at every position, really. You know, there's no position that we have locked down. So, yeah, uh, I think that takes a little bit pressure off <clears throat> of making the right pick. I think that if we really wanted LeBron to stay, we'd have – we just – and I know they're doing this, but you just have to look at all your trade options. You know, pairing that eighth pick with Kevin Love and looking to – trade up to four with Memphis and taking on uh, their 
that Chandler Parsons salary and then potentially drafting Luka Doncic if he drops there. A lot of people say that's even an unrealistic scenario because they think Memphis wouldn't trade that if uh, if Luka Doncic mm-hmm. is there at four. So they're going to hold on to that pick. Um, but I think that they have to, or, you know, it's, I can't believe I'm even saying this because it's so ludicrous, but, you know, looking for a package for Kawhi Leonard or something, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, know if the Cavs have enough they, to offer they, for Kawhi. They don't. That's, That's the thing. So, I don't Especially, I don't you know, with, yeah. Management's in a tough position because I don't think they can do anything that would will LeBron over to s- compel him to stay here and <clears> give him a better chance to win here than elsewhere. But at the same time, they have to try their best. So, I don't know. Um, I'm going to throw like two scenarios out at you and just see what you think. Okay. Uh, just tell me who would say no. Um, what if you did a three-way deal with the Spurs, Sun, uh, the Spurs, Suns and Cavs, and you traded the spot, the Suns traded the one pick to the Spurs. The Suns got Kevin Love in the eighth overall pick and the Cavs got Kawhi. And then the Spurs get maybe someone else from the like Chetty Osman or someone else, Chetty and someone from uh, the Cavs or Suns. However, it needs to be to make worked out. But that's just like a smaller role player. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, <clears throat> I think that it's incredibly unlikely that Memphis would even come to the the table to talk about uh, uh, Phoenix and the the. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think it's likely for Memphis to come to the table to talk about trading the fourth pick and dumping salary for Kevin Love in that eighth pick, let alone the number one overall pick for Kevin Love in our eighth pick. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then uh one that ESPN put out today potentially, uh Kevin Love, J.R. Smith in the eighth overall pick for Bradley Beal. Mark Cortot and the 15th overall pick with Washington. What are your thoughts um, on that? For the Cavs, I would do that in a heartbeat. For the Wizards, mm-hmm. hell no. Yeah. If I were the Wizards, I would trade John Wall before I trade Bradley Beal. Okay, you're that high on him. I, I, I like Bradley Beal a lot. He's a scorer. He played OKC this year in a game where he, I think he might have dropped 40-some. I think the Thunder might have pulled it off. You know, because Paul George dropped 40 as well. But Bradley Beal was lighting him up. I think he's only 25 or so. Bradley Beal's pretty young, too. So, I'm a fan of him. I just wasn't sure what your thoughts were on a potential trade like that. But, I mean, the the Wizards, you know, they have to mix it up a little bit. If they got the A pick, what if they got, like, you know, Otto Porter and then they got Kevin Love as well? That's just two other guys compared to – I don't know. It's just an interesting – I think the Cavs – Yeah, I probably, I probably wouldn't do that as yeah. Wizards. I think the Cavs are very constrained – and I think that the reason that they're constrained is because of LeBron for several reasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, last year LeBron yeah. wouldn't give so, the commitment that he was going to stay long-term and that, that and put them Tyree, in panic mode that, that made Paul George – Paul George wasn't willing to stay or to commit to Cleveland long-term if LeBron wasn't. So then that forced mm-hmm. the Cavs to look to put Kyrie on the trading block and then – we all know how that story panned out. And then 
LeBron yeah. didn't work out with IT, so looking for a trade there. <clears throat> and that's how we have Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and uh, Rodney Hood. And we also lost our our first-round pick, which would be, I think, 24 in this draft, which would actually get us a pretty solid player with this draft. So um, LeBron has kind of screwed us over, but he can do that because he's the best player in the world. And just like I said about KD, yeah. like I can't blame him because, you know, from just a personal standpoint, you don't want to make a commitment to stay with a team that you don't know you know, what the future holds. You're not going to make a long-term commitment Mm -hmm. whenever you don't want to be constrained to Cleveland, Ohio, whenever you shouldn't be. When you're the best player in the world, why would you constrain yourself to to a long-term commitment and not give yourself the opportunity to go anywhere in the nation, you know? So, I... Yeah. Well, especially at his age right now. That's that's something I would say. You know, if you're like 26... Or like twenty, you know what I mean. When you're younger, it's like okay, well, you know, and I see these pieces like if you had a Kyrie and other pieces there. Hey, I'm gonna stay it out with Kyrie or something. But yeah, when you are that old, like when you're, you know, what four or five more years left, yeah. maybe. I so, understand yeah. it from a personal standpoint, but from a from an organization and a fan standpoint, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't. You saw what happened last time he left, so that's why they moved Kyrie and they're like, okay, we need another pick just to have one. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Are there are any other prospects you want to talk about? Well, yeah. So we didn't talk about him and I feel like not a lot of people are talking about him, even though, uh, you know, he's fairly high on a lot of draft boards. Wendell Carter Jr. I, that's the guy that I think is hopefully going to fall to eight. And I, I want Cleveland to take him at eight because he's just another 6'10", lengthy power forward slash center who he's one of, he's probably the most consistent three-point shooter out of all the bigs this year too. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that he's just perfect for what this league is gearing that he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as all of these other players. Um, but I think that he doesn't have as low of a ceiling either. I think that he's just going to be a consistent stretch four or center in this league, and I would love to have him on our team. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that hurt him this year might hurt his draft stock compared to where he would be if he went to maybe like Arizona State, you know, or just somewhere or like another, I guess, Baylor or somewhere where you're by yourself, sort of like Trey Young and uh, – Aiton is that he had he's a center power forward kind of guy just like uh, Marvin Bagley the third is you know so I mean Marvin Bagley he's obviously the focal point he averaged 20 he had 22 double doubles and he's just a dominant force he's gonna go I think I I, he's my favorite prospect out of them all so I'm really high on him but that's why and Wendell Carter still averaged like 13.5 points nine rebounds and two blocks in 26 minutes so he still put up numbers you know on a stacked Duke team but still you have you know, you're playing a similar position as Marvin Bagley. You're going to run your offense through him. Well, the interesting so, thing, Adam, that's, is uh, <clears throat> that at the beginning of the season, Mike Krzyzewski was really looking to run his offense through Wendell Carter Jr. Marvin mm-hmm. Bagley just stole the show. So that's just more impressive on Marvin Bagley's 
standpoint, you know? Like, I don't think yeah. – Wendell Carter, it's not that he disappointed, but Marvin Bagley just outshined him. And it's crazy yeah. to think that Wendell Carter Jr. was considered the better the better of the two going into the season by Mike, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. And that also uh, factors in, like, Wendell Carter was a better defensive anchor than Marvin Bagley yeah. was as well. So that also, you know, he has, a, you know, sort of like, you know, LeBron stats this year or even James Harden stats, I think, ever, you know. Like, they don't really show the defensive side or they, they don't really, you know, shine much there. But the offensive stats are what everyone right. looks at, you know, and points and that's, to you. But the defensive stats typically get looked over, and that's something that Wendell Carter does have right. over Bagley and a lot of these other players. So that's something to look at, you know, as well. He's multiversal. Right. And that's that's the thing. That's what he's everything that Cleveland needs. He's got the length, he's got the size, he he um is a rim runner and he can knock down threes and he can play like he can play defense. Uh, those are that's <clears throat> Cleveland needed size, they needed three point shooting, and they needed defense. And he embodies <clears throat> all of those. So if LeBron stayed, I think he would just be a perfect addition. Okay. What uh, what do you think the Cavs would do if LeBron left? Okay. LeBron leaves. They draft Wendell Carter Jr. potentially, and they have Larry Nance. How would your starting five look as uh, the Cavaliers? Well, then? they immediately trade Kevin Love. <clears throat> That's what because I Because they immediately trade Kevin Love, and they look for a trade – but they probably don't find any takers. Well, I mean, George – no, no, no. Someone would, I'm someone would bite. George Hill. Um, someone oh, okay, he okay, could okay. be a trade deadline candidate just because he's an expiring contract. But I've, mm-hmm. And you can stretch him and really – I've heard talks that they might uh, have to buy him out just because his contract is too ridiculous. He has one – I think he's on the last year, though, of like $19 million, yeah. So it's not like it's – you know, they moved Channing Frye because he's an expiring contract, so those are attractive to some people. He's getting paid like $1 million two years from now, which is pretty much nothing. Yeah. But what do you think they do with Kevin Love? Because you'll have Larry Nance, Kevin Love, and Wendell Carter. Do you keep Love around as well with that high salary? Do you try to move him for a younger piece or potentially other draft picks and stuff to a content? I think at this point, you'd have to move him for draft picks because his, <clears throat> his trade <throat> value has gone down significantly. And yeah, at that point, that, you're building for the future, and Ke- Kevin Love's out of that window. You know, he's mm-hmm. already hit his prime and is still kind of in his prime years where he just doesn't fit with our timetable if LeBron's gone. So, yeah, you'd, you'd have to pair him with draft picks and, and another high salary uh, guy. I was going to say, maybe you could move a bad yeah, contract exactly. to get him out of there. So that's why you could get uh better draft picks out of it you know yeah yeah that'll be an interesting topic if LeBron decides to leave and if he does stay uh how do you think that would work with Wendell Carter Larry Nance and Kevin Love with Tristan down low like there's four bigs right there so how uh how would that work in your eyes would Wendell Carter start over Larry Nance and Tristan or what would happen there yeah I would start him at center yeah Okay. How many years does Tristan have left? I think he has two. Two years with like sixteen mil a year. <sighs> oh, no. 
Okay. Yeah. Which hey, Tristan actually came on in the in the playoffs. He played like butt cheeks yeah, but... season long. He's not worth sixty million, but he came no. on. Yeah. I would almost I would almost play Wendell Cart. I I mean you don't start him this way, but I feel like you could close out games with uh Wendell Carter Jr. in at center, Tristan at power forward, and then George Hill, LeBron. And if Rodney Hood has a good off season, I think that that'd be what would you do with Kevin Love? Athletic, long three point shooting team with Tristan just being the energy what about, motor. Kevin, I mean, you start Kevin Love, but I think closing out games, you'd almost have to keep him out. Kevin Love, he, you know, he should match up well being a stretch four against Golden State, but he just does not play well against Golden State. He's a defensive liability. I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think I could put Tristan in over Kevin Love, especially with Wendell Carter in at center. I I can. I don't know. I mean, you're paying him too much money to not well, have him play. Yeah. And I guess that's a. I guess he's your second best play. I, no, I just I couldn't right, do right. that. I guess that's the thing. That's what Wendell Carter is. Wendell Carter is a Tristan Thompson who can shoot threes mm-hmm. and play and play better, better Tristan defense. Thompson. He yeah. just doesn't have the energy and the the passion or you know just that that mean toughness to him that Tristan carries but who knows he could he could develop that this year yeah yeah but that I mean I I couldn't have love out for like a Tristan kind of guy you know maybe another guard if you had one or something like that you know I get that to play smaller ball and keep one of Carter out there if you feel like he's a better hand but I couldn't you know over Tristan that's fair that's fair yeah uh, do you have a sleeper in this draft? I don't. I I've been looking at the top ten too much to consider mm-hmm. a sleeper just because we don't have anything back there. Yeah. I uh I mean like my I guess my sleeper who's gonna be talked about whenever he gets drafted, uh Grayson Allen. I'm I'm really curious to see where he goes. <sighs> see uh, that Mock drafts earlier in the season before the trade deadline had the Cavs taking Grayson Allen with their with their uh, draft pick. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that I, fixes I, your problem where you're talking about who do you play whenever you've got that big of a of a front court. But the whole <clears> reason <throat> that we threw in that, tra- that uh, pick is because we won Larry Nance. And, you know, I yeah. love Larry Nance, but we didn't utilize him. So... When you mm-hmm. could add another guard like uh, Grayson Allen and not have a player sit on the bench like uh, Larry Nance, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just think about the future. If the, if LeBron does leave, you move love from potentially another young piece. Yeah. But then you also get, you know, you could have potentially Grayson Allen, uh, Wendell Carter, Shetty Osman. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there's uh, there's pieces there that could come together and you're young still. You know, you're still young where it's – you have three guys who are young and you can build around and try to be exciting with, you know. I, I mean, Grayson Allen, what, he had the second-best shuttle time at 3.4 and a 40.5-inch uh, vertical and a 32.5-inch standing vertical. Those are pretty decent numbers, you know. And I think that's something uh, that's undervalued is people who stay in college, like they typically go, go later in the draft. Like Draymond Green, he was Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he played two years at Louisville. Terry Rozier, two years at Louisville. And uh, 
I know someone else is coming to mind. Oh my gosh, I for, I forgot him. But uh, people who stay two years typically end up, you know, Kyle Kuzma coming out and like they go later in the draft because they don't have the potential and stuff when they're 19. But they grow and get to you know develop. I think Kawhi Leonard might have stayed a few years or Paul George as well. Like when they stay a few years, even um, Russell Westbrook. Like there's a lot of guys who stayed a few years and ended up just helping themselves grow. Like Kyle Kuzma came on and no one expected him to do as well as he did, but he was like, he's grown up a little bit more. You know, you grow and especially with Grayson Allen being coached under uh, Coach K for three years, that's something that could potentially, you know, translate faster to the NBA was it, was and be more NBA three? ready than a 19-year-old. I think it was three. I'll look it up right now. But the thing about him, Adam, that's impressive is all the guys that you named stayed because they needed to increase their draft stock. Grayson Allen actually mm-hmm. decreased his draft stock by staying. He he mm-hmm. would have been a lottery pick if he came out after <clears throat> his his freshman or sophomore year. But he stayed because he has a competitive nature and he wanted to win another title. So... He went four years. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's pretty impressive because he, he could have capped it off with the uh, winning a title at the end, at the front end and the back end of his career, which would have been pretty mm-hmm. cool. But, yeah, that a lot of guys stay because they still need to develop. But he stayed because he's just a competitor and he loves playing for Coach K. And you got to respect that. You know, love or yeah. hate the guy. He's, he's got, you know, competitive nature to him. And that he's that's a perfect role player for a playoff team. So, mm-hmm. and I think that I mean, he did, he stayed four years, and that's four years under Coach K. And you know, Duke's a great school. He got his degree, and that's an awesome you know life to go with. You know, I'm sure he's going to be set no yeah. matter what he does. But it is going to be you know your draft stock when you're coming out 22 compared to 19 or whatever. It does change Look at a little JJ bit. Redick. But he's still in the league. He just made 20 mil yeah. this year. No, no. You know? I'm, I'm no, not saying no, it's bad. No. I know. I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, you know, they're completely <clears throat> different uh, playing styles, but that's a similar comparison of players stayed four years at Duke, you know. And then – Yeah, I think Corver stayed a few years. Corver did. Yeah, yeah, Shane yeah. Battier came out of Duke. Grant Hill came out of Duke. I mean, there's a lot of good guys who stayed at Duke for a while who, who have had mm-hmm. long NBA careers. Yeah, and I just think that, um, you know, maybe he would have been – there's a higher chance. I'm almost positive there would have been a higher chance he would have been a bust if he came out his first oh, uh, freshman year and probably his sophomore year as well. So it's like, you know, I know that, you know, he's going to go later because he's not 19. And, you know, three years from now you're projecting the guy to be even better than what he is after three years of NBA training compared to college training. But when you're going with Coach K and you're really working on the fundamentals and just being team right. ball and stuff and – playing with multiple players who go and get drafted year after year, like Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter earlier this year. Like he's been a leader and he's been leading these guys who are going to go high. So he's also more grown up. So I'm interested to see how his year goes out. He's a big, uh, I didn't realize how athletic yeah. he was either. And he's, That's he's actually, be, you know, I always special. He's small, but he's actually like <laughs> six, four, you know, he's, he's actually an average size for a guard. And the other thing about, uh, yeah. you know, guys staying long and being tournament heroes like uh jimmer fredette you know doesn't work out buddy heel mm-hmm. not like he's starting to play better ball in his second year but <clears throat> isn't looking like you know the stud that you would hope he'd be but those guys are coming from basketball 
programs that you know BYU, Oklahoma. Like I said, Oklahoma was good good program earlier, but they're no Duke, you know. So it's no, not no. Well, Coach K is exactly. best coach in. He he'd be one of the top five coaches probably in the yeah. NBA. He's coach of the USA so team, right? So, guys I mean, who have a long college career for a school like Duke and who get who are in the starting five all four <clears> years, <throat> it's it shouldn't be a knock on their skill, you know. No, yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what uh goes on. So you want to transition a little bit to the uh free agency maybe just talking about what's going on yeah big I mean, time I, stories I, no i haven't really looked into free agency that much to be honest i've i've been so focused on the draft that i i just could not be yeah so halfway knowledgeable in that okay. area i mean i'm not i'm i can leave this discussion and then i'll have you fill in with like certain okay. questions i ask okay. you how's that let's wrap it up with that you know that way it makes it easy on you and you can think about it yeah all right so I guess we're just gonna go. You know, I'm not gonna ask you if you. Oh, I, I am gonna ask you if you were LeBron. What would your thoughts be right now? There's reports coming out that you know Savannah wants to go to LA, and it seems like it's gonna be LA or Cleveland because it's like familiar and stuff, and it's home. And I think Chris Paul came out. To, um, Chris yeah. Paul through Stephen A. Smith. Chris Paul's friend said, you know, he doesn't want to go to Houston, which I mean, I haven't heard many great things about Houston being a great destination just to live overall and stuff. So he has two homes in LA. He obviously has a home in Bath um, Township in Akron. So what are your thoughts on where he um, so may land? At the beginning of the season, when people were bringing up the, the LA rumors, <clears throat> I was like, there's no way this doesn't make sense. Like they're, they're so young um, mm-hmm. and they're just not ready for a LeBron James. But now that I'm starting to look into everything and see the potential there. I think LA makes a lot more sense than Cleveland for LeBron. I mean, like you said, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got two homes there. So you have to, you always have to remember that this is, you got to think about personal life too. That makes the moving just so much more convenient. Like I I just moved into my Mm -hmm. apartment a month ago. And it's just, you know, an apartment. I have barely any things. And it's just moving is a hassle. So whenever you have something already set in place, like those two houses, he actually has his uh, his studio in L.A. Um, he has, I believe, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, what's his studio for? Uh, Uninterrupted is based out of L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he has those two homes. It'd be a bigger market for him. He's a businessman. He's trying to make money. I think LA makes sense. And LA actually has more pieces than Cleveland does to move around and actually build around him for right now. You know, <clears throat> there's the talks of Paul George <clears throat> signing with them. And then they also have uh, Brandon Ingram, who is a lengthy player who would actually match up well against the Warriors, or he would also be a good uh, young talent coveted trade, yeah, piece. trade piece that you could pair him with Kuzma or with uh, Ball to get another star-studded player. So you could – L.A. has the potential to build another big three there, and then they have the market to sign free agents for the veteran minimum who would want to play around them. So 
for all those reasons, I just think LA makes a lot more sense. And it, it feels more so like a no brainer for LeBron if it's really between LA and Cleveland. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking that as well. It made, it makes a lot of sense in my mind just because it's a, I mean, the lifestyle, I've always said, you know, I wouldn't blame Paul George for going to L.A. because I'd rather live in L.A. than Oklahoma City. You know, like, I have no ties to, especially when uh, L.A. is your home in terms of Paul George. But for LeBron, um, it's just, a. I mean, think about it. You're going to be spending your winter months there and stuff. It's just the weather's going to be really good. And your wife, you know, reportedly saying she's pushing for L.A. So it's just, you know. Now, the only thing that I would say that I feel like – Cleveland obviously has over any other organization as being uh, in Northeast Ohio and LeBron's hometown, Akron, Ohio being right there. I think that LeBron said this is going to be based around family. And you're saying how, you know, his wife wants to go to LA. That's the reports, which that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But I think LeBron, how, how fulfilling would that be to see his son wear a St. Vincent St. Mary's basketball uniform? And that was, that was, that was my next see, uh, point, actually. Like, you know, LeBron is so good that he doesn't have to live vicariously through his kids, but his son is named LeBron James Jr. Like, he would be able to watch, yeah. you know, himself, the other version of himself grow up through his, you know, through a different pair yeah. of eyes. And I think, I think that would be – that's something that LeBron's definitely thinking about, so – I think that that could weigh into it too because LA could have better opportunities for his son to grow and develop as a player, but his son's also 14. So that could also break him Mm -hmm. as a player just with uh, the confidence and the hype around him. Like ESPN's already putting out his highlights and stuff on, uh, on your push notifications and whatnot. So that's just going to be heightened even more in an LA market. So if he's truly like looking yeah. out for his son, he's he's factoring that into it too, you know. That's that was gonna be my next point is uh, as a son and like you know thinking about LeBron in L.A., his son's not gonna be a like he's not gonna be the show I guess too you know he's gonna be like drowned out with like the school he would go to more than likely is the one where Scotty Pippen's son goes as well I forget who else goes there you know but like if he went to St. Vincent St. Mary he's gonna be a big fish and like I mean a smaller pond but like. He gets to experience that life, and he's already been here for the last four years with his friends and stuff. And I think as a kid, you know, I wouldn't want to go – I wouldn't want to leave, you know, my hometown like Worcester to go to L.A. Just be, you know what I mean? That's something that I would have to factor in as well. And I think that growing up in St. Vincent and Mary, and, like, it, it's actually his show then too. You know, like it's – you know, he can be a bigger fish in a smaller pond compared to L.A. There's so much stuff going on that – I mean, he can experience that, but the pressure's not as high either. You know, like St. Vincent and Mary, they're going to take care of – Bronny Jr. Because you know LeBron's so involved yeah. with St. Vincent St. Mary, you know, and you can trust right. people because he, I think he gives new jerseys to every uh, team every year. You know, he's so involved in stuff that you know he's going to get taken care of, and he's going to be like probably the star of the high school. Like, who's going to have something bad to say about him? Because especially with how much LeBron donates to the school and like how much he makes it better, like it's going to mean a lot to these kids overall, I would think. So it could be. Uh, I think Akron does make more sense for right. Bronny and Jr. That's, I mean. <clears throat> who are we to to say what the right parenting decision is, but I just feel like I feel like staying in Akron, Ohio with your kid, that would just be a shared experience for a father and a son. And I think that it'd be a more yeah. humbling experience. And I feel like that's like 
I feel like that would be the better family decision just to stay close with your family. Whereas LA, you know, you have all those distractions and that can separate you. Mm -hmm. Whereas LeBron, like at this point in his life, I think that the thing that matters most, he's done, you know, he's done so much with his career that family is what matters most and keeping his family close and, and tight. So. And going back to the GOAT conversation, we've, I mean, I have him top three and you have him potentially one or two, right? So it's like, he's yeah. already there, you know, it's not like there's, you know, it's probably almost, it's almost set in stone unless he can like rattle off like three more, you know, consistently and just like, just do, you know, do something, doing something insane. You know, it's pretty, pretty much set. He's uh, right. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, my legacy is cemented at least with the floor. So that's something that uh is pretty, um, pretty good. I want to ask you one more question, then we can head out because we've been on the phone for a little while. But uh, better big three to compete against the Warriors. Uh, it's, I think it's an easy answer, but let's <laughs> just want to hear your opinion on it. Uh, Harden, CP3, and LeBron, or LeBron, Kawhi, and uh, Paul George. I think uh, – you think it's easy? I think it's easy enough to – I uh, think LeBron, yeah. uh, CP3, and James Harden just because it's it's diversified Ooh. where um, you have okay. a stellar point guard. You have the point guard matchup, you have the shooting guard matchup, and you have the small forward matchup. And then I'd say that you mm -hmm. win the center matchup. And then I'd say that P.J. Tucker, if you're able to keep him, well, would compete very well against Draymond. So <clears throat> from that perspective and seeing how close they were to uh, to knocking off Golden State without LeBron James and without Chris Paul in Game 6 or Game 7, I I would feel more confident in that squad. That being said, I think that Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James – would be an amazing uh, team just because they have the size and the length and the defensive capabilities to uh, to shut down a Kevin Durant and uh, make things difficult for uh, Stephen Curry. But I, I don't think Houston would be able to keep all of those players. Who I was thinking. I'm just trying to say like big three versus big three, but I think that with um. I think maybe only Capella if they're lucky because he's going to be a restricted free agent. He's going to get big money. But, I mean, Ari uh, Gordon, Ariza, and probably Tucker's going to be gone if you're going to be able to keep Capella. So that's I think also that they keep P.J. Tucker, though. Factor you know, in, I, that starting five right there, and that's going to be the team that you start and close out the game with. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that would be rough financially, though. I don't, I don't know if that would work. But, I mean, well, yeah. I, I, it's going to be rough like financially. About, I, I would go with team. the L.A. one, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, I would, I mean, yeah, I would go LA because I like the thought of Kawhi on Durant. Yeah, I know that. I um, agree. Mainly because like Durant's the, uh, Durant's a really, and then also Paul George on Durant better than any, like the Houston matchups, whether LeBron, uh, Chris Paul or Harden, like that's one guy who can guard Durant decently, but if you could put George on Thompson and, um, um, oh my gosh, uh, Kawhi Leonard on Durant, I think that you could take off two of the three guys and we'll just see how uh, Chris Paul, I mean, Steph Curry goes, but you could also yeah. move Chris, uh, I mean, Paul George up and. Uh, and, 
put LeBron on. Chris Paul and James Harden are very ball dominant guards. And even though they worked out, you know, adding just yet another ball dominant player, that can be tough. So I think, I mean, and Kawhi and Paul George have both shown that they don't have to have the ball in their hand to be effective. So I I think that you're right there. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm just really high on Kawhi. I think Kawhi can really, oh, really, absolutely. Out of anyone in the league, I think he's the best guy to guard LeBron yep. or oh, uh, Kevin Durant. No I doubt. think he's the best guy to do that, and that's why, in my mind, I would go with him. And you can also drop thirty for you, you know. And Paul George is very good off the ball, and LeBron likes being ball. Yeah, uh, that would let LeBron but if they could keep, keep like Alonzo or someone. Oh my gosh! No, 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 no. If they no, could keep Lonzo, Kuzma, or Ingram, what's one of them? One of them. Okay. Because, because then that's that's what they game plan around making Lonzo keep the ball in his hands and making him shoot. Okay. He's, he's a lot. He's an, I would probably prefer. I think Kuzma would make the most sense just because he's getting paid the least. Yeah. You know, he got drafted later in the first round and stuff. And I think that Kuzma really showed a lot and this year. Even though Ingram would be power nice, forward guy. Um, Kuzma's just more, I don't know. It'd be with the with today's NBA, I don't know, but it'd just be weird having four like small forward, uh, like primary guys, guys starting in your lineup. Yeah, but it could work, I guess. But I agree. I I think Kuzma would work best with those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think Brandon Ingram might offer like uh, have more trade value exactly. as well. Potentially, you can get younger more and stuff. So like, yeah. But I don't. I don't think that the Spurs. If you're getting to Kawhi Leonard, like, Ingram has to be in the package. It's not enough though, because they don't want ball. No, no, came I know. I'm just Spurs. saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. They don't want ball, so like I know, I know. But I mean, I think that Kawhi's a stretch. I just wanted to give that uh, hypothetical out there. And I just thought the the thought of having Kawhi out there, and then also Paul George could really. What did you well. see that? Uh, even really though cool. it's pretty much out of the question for the Cavs to get Kawhi, did you see their uh, their <clears> odds doubled? Apparently the other day. Yeah. Did you get him? Oh, I didn't see that. No. San Antonio. San Antonio is saying that uh, they are not trading Kawhi to Western Conference. That's that's what they're saying right now. And I think that San Antonio is a smart organization. I feel like that's a smart move. Oh, so they are. I. And why would you want to let that guy go to his his desired location like L.A. Well, if they traded him to Cleveland, you could potentially keep LeBron from leaving, from coming to the West as well. So, you know? let me let me. It put could almost this, be offense through defense. Me, this is I don't know. This is kind of ludicrous, but just go for it. This is just a random thought. But what if San Antonio <clears throat> screws over Kawhi and uh, LeBron's just like LeBron loves Pop, obviously. What if LeBron does a sign and mm-hmm. trade with the Cavs and he just takes Kawhi's spot? And the Cavs would also have to include more, but. Um, for which team are we talking about here? The, I mean, I guess. The Cavs do a sign and trade LeBron for Kawhi, something structured around that. That That, that is a stretch. Why though? Why? Um, why is that stretch? I don't think LeBron would want to go to San Antonio, like just and be like the main guy there. You know, uh, I think he would want to team up with someone else. Maybe they have cap space to do that. Um, They've got Dejounte Murray. I, 
his boy, Clutch Sports, and then they've got uh, Lamarcus, and then they could sign someone. And it also goes back. Yeah. Sign someone else. Yeah, I agree. I, that, that, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, you know, the LA. Uh, you I have to have LeBron on if, board for that. He, and... I was thinking that you know he would all he would move him for the eighth Kevin Love and potentially like a George Hill, and they also put someone yeah, else up but there. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Do the contract. I think. I mean, I, if you're gonna trade him to the East, you know, what else are you gonna get? I don't know if Bo- how much Boston's gonna offer you. Are they gonna offer you Kyrie? Are they gonna offer you Hayward? Like, what are they gonna oh. offer you? Know, than Philly? Like, how many teams are? See, that's the thing. I think I think Kawhi's going to either Philly or Boston if they <clears throat> trade him. Those are okay. the two teams that make the most sense, where they have the most uh, assets to actually pull <clears throat> off that deal and still get better. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Boston, I would trade Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and probably like the Sacramento pick next year, and that's that's a high, that's a lot of firepower for Kawhi. You know, are you kidding I don't know me? Any, uh, for Kawhi? No, you think that that's you don't too think, much? I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. It's, I think. It, well, what's what's Philly have to offer over that? You know, like what in the Eastern Conference? Who can offer more? Than Philly what would I offer. Sorry, because um, this. The Sacramento pick is probably going to be a top five pick. You know, they get the higher of the two picks. I think Sacramento's the the Philly or the Sacramento pick, and they get the higher of the two, and they're going to get. So that's what I'm saying. I think that those two teams are. He's going to either one if they trade him. I know, but like, what 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 could Philly offer that's more than that? Because Hayward's locked Sarich, up for multiple years. Fultz and... in their first round pick. <clears throat> I don't think that's more. I don't. I, I'd still go with the Boston one. I think, with how Rogier plays. I know, stuff, but I'm saying he, that those are the even that smart uh, trade structured around those two deals. <clears throat> those are that's the best offer mm-hmm. that they're going to get for Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that. That's why I think that you would go with the Boston one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean that's you know I I think I mean obviously the Spurs are getting ripped off there. Maybe they hold out a little bit longer and stuff, but like they're going to get ripped off no matter where they trade Kawhi. Because that's typically what happens, you know. Yeah, that's what I I want to see him go to Boston because, and I want them to keep Kyrie in that. De- I don't want them to <clears throat> give up Kyrie for that. I would love to see Kyrie no. and Kawhi and whatever oh, young player they keep. Yeah, I wouldn't want to move. I wouldn't want to move Tatum, and I would be hard pressed to move Brown. You know, oh, I probably would have move to Brown, move but Brown, it, it, though. I think that they. I think they have to give up. Hayward and Brown. That's hard. He, you, you saw how far they went without him, I think. And you add Kyrie to that mix, they're probably going to the finals. And then and then you have Kawhi over Brown. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you you literally have the I mean, same it's... team, and then you have <laughs> Kawhi Leonard and – uh, Kyrie Irving playing instead of Brown. Yeah. And Kyrie has beat Golden State in the finals before. Oh, I mean, I know, I know Kyrie. And Kawhi's, yeah. Kawhi's a better defender than LeBron, who you can put on KD. I think that, He's better than better than anyone. I think that that would be <clears throat> a fun, scary team to watch. <clears throat> it would be. And I feel like it would if be. you're Boston – you like you're getting the better player, so that's a no brainer. 
Yeah. I mean, I would do that if I was a Spurs because I'm not going to get a better offer than – I think Jalen Brown's going to be a stud. And then Gordon Hayward's pretty good. And then if you can get uh, right. Scary Terry or See, another pick. They're, I mean, just, that's they're just standing in a good spot, though, because they have Brown and Tatum, who are both young talents that both just it, look like they're going to be phenomenal. So it's like you can give up either one <clears> and you still don't hate yourself because you still have a phenomenal young talent. You, know. you would need a pick from – I mean, you would need to talk to Kawhi before you make that move since he has one year left, right? Like, you would have to have a commitment from him or something before you make that move, or would you just make it and hope that you just, you know, go to the finals and win? I don't know. That's tough. Because, I mean, I, I because Kyrie could leave too. You know, you could have Kyrie yeah, and Leonard leave that's true. in that's, one year. That's a lot to risk. That's a good so point. So that's something yeah. – you, you, that, you know, I would need you'd a have to talk from to like, him. hey, yeah. I'm gonna, I would want well, to stay here long term and stuff. And that's the thing, Kai, or Kawhi would be <clears throat> prone to do that too, so that he could sign the supermax with uh, San Antonio. So or Boston, yeah. No, it'd be San, he can't sign a supermax with Boston. You can only okay, sign not... a supermax with the team that drafts you. Okay, but you can sign an extra year then with the team that you trade you, right or no? Yeah, but I know the whole Paul reason that the whole reason that. Kawhi is leaving is because he feels like he's a star and he deserves top dollar value. So, mm-hmm. I mean, San Antonio is willing to give him that top dollar value, but he still doesn't feel like he's a star, I guess. Well, you know, his shoe deal and stuff, they try to shortchange him, I think, uh, through Adidas or Jordan or someone. Like, you know, he didn't get – so that, that that makes sense. All right, so uh, that's a wrap. Yeah, sounds good. good with that. Yeah, that yeah. was a lot of uh, content. I'll load these up. Upload these and then. Uh, Are you gonna? Can you like uh, merge them? I don't think I can. I'm not sure. I can. I'll try, but I don't know if I can. All right, give it a shot. But if not, that's fine. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good. So we'll keep in touch. You know, Thursday about um. Yeah. Potential moves and just like everything that's going on with the draft. Send you a text on our uh, on our thoughts and updates on that. Yeah, keep in touch with you throughout. Yeah. All right. See ya. All right. I'll see you, man. Have a good one.